Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The last year and a half is something I could never have imagined. Completely unfathomable in terms of my dear friend disappearing. My name is Carrie Luft, and I'm a longtime friend of Jennifer Farberdulos. This is uh, Wells Lane. This is where Jennifer Dulos lived with her five children back on May 24th, 2019. I am Sergeant Kenneth Ventresca, Connecticut State Police, Western District Major Crime Squad. The last time Jennifer was seen was dropping her kids off at school on May 24th in the morning hours. She vanished. Help us find her. The only goal right now is to find Jennifer, and I know that law enforcement are doing everything they can to bring her home. What was going through your mind? Just terror. You know, terror, fear, helplessness. New Canaan, the police department called right away as soon as they located her vehicle down here. We did extensive line searches through these woods, through the whole park. You know, it wasn't looking good, and you know, we, we were fighting the clock. You know, then obviously you learn that she's going through a contentious divorce. Authorities believe that Fotis Dulos killed Jennifer Dulos, his wife, the day that she disappeared. It's not every day someone throws up bloody evidence, bloody clothes, cut up. I mean, who does that? Fotis, do you have anything that you want to say? My brother Fotis was an easy target. Fotis, what happened to Jennifer? They accused him of murder from the beginning. Well, after about an eight-month investigation, we finally charged Fotis Dulos with murder and kidnapping in January of 2020. Fotis, what do you have to say to this murder charge? You don't have a body. No body. No weapon. No weapon. No eyewitnesses. No eyewitnesses. We've got three words for the state. Bring it on. At exactly the time Fotis Dulos was due in court, officers were seen running into his Dulos had reportedly attempted suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. And he didn't have any strength to fight anymore. 
Fotis Dulis was declared dead tonight at 5.32. The investigation did not die with Fotis Dulos. Police believe Michelle Traconis helped her boyfriend, Fotis Dulis, get rid of his wife. She's now charged with conspiracy in the murder of Jennifer Dulos. You're going to do the right thing, Michelle, and help the cops? The family of Michelle Traconis speaks out for the first time to 48 hours. Did your sister have anything to do with the death of Jennifer Dulos? No, she did not. Do you believe that Michelle knows where Jennifer's body is? No. no. My sister is innocent. Absolutely not. I didn't do it. And there are newly released portions of videos showing detectives questioning Michelle Traconis. I have no idea what happened to Jennifer. I have no idea where Jennifer is. Is it possible you will never know, ever find her body? I don't want to think that way. Every day I ask myself, where's Jennifer? the bedtime routines, the rituals, the saying goodnights, the books read, the hugs and kisses given, the songs sung. Jennifer Dulos was a gifted woman, says her close friend, Carrie Luft. She was a writer of plays and co-founder of a theater troupe, a runner, a woman with a keen mind and an infectious giggle. But in her blogs, she was first and foremost a mother. I just wanted to freeze the moment Snap a picture, take them all in. They grow too fast. Her writings are filled with a mother's musings about the ordinary blessings of family life. The best part of my night now, hands down, is when I give our baby a bath and then her bottle in my arms. Jennifer loved her children just beyond compare. She had this wonderful young and growing family her existence was mostly about the kids. The morning of May 24, 2019 was no different. The organized chaos of getting five kids, 13 and under, dressed and off to school. But shortly after 8.05 a.m., the normal rhythm of daily life stopped forever. She was scheduled for a dentist appointment uh, later that morning in uh, New York City. She never made it to her dentist appointment. This was definitely one of the biggest investigations to come to the state police. Connecticut State Police Sergeant Kenneth Ventresca would become one of the lead investigators. People couldn't get a hold of her. And then when we had radio silence, we knew that something was gravely wrong. The children were taken to the home of their maternal grandmother, Gloria Farber, in New York City. By 7 p.m., all-out panic set in, and Jennifer was reported missing. 
A little over an hour later, the police had ominous news. Officers found Jennifer's abandoned suburban SUV near Waveney Park, about three and a half miles from her home. The tailgate was, was backed up against this tree. The Suburban was not running, keys were not in the ignition. The gear lever was actually stuck in reverse. Uh, the doors were locked. On the passenger side of her Suburban at the time, you could see the cleanup of the blood-like substance all over the passenger side under a flashlight. Police are not sharing much information as they search, but sources confirm they're finding no activity from the missing woman's cell phone or credit cards. New Canaan Police Chief Leon Krolikowski immediately launched a massive search across the 300 acres of Waveney Park. And how would you describe the initial search for her? It was enormous. I mean, literally from uh, other police departments sending their canines to search to FBI team coming in search for evidence to New York State Police helicopter to divers checking the water within the park. And it's 300 acres. It's pretty comprehensive. It's a checkpoint for the missing person. Carrie volunteered to become the spokesperson for family and friends. All I want to say is, Jennifer, we love you, and we are doing everything we can to bring you home. Your kids miss you. We all miss you. Sergeant Ventresca says the one person who didn't seem worried about Jennifer was the father of her five children, her estranged husband, Fotis Dulos. Did he help at all in the search? No, no. Did he seem concerned about his wife as time went on? No, never seemed concerned about his wife. It wasn't always that way. You know, Jennifer very much wanted to have a loving relationship and to start a family, and he seemed to want the same things. On the face of it, they seemed an unlikely pair. Jennifer, deep thinking and introverted, grew up in wealth and privilege in New York City the daughter of a father who made a fortune in finance. Fotis, athletic and extroverted, was an international water skiing champion, born in Turkey and raised in Athens, Greece. Both outstanding students, they first met in 1986 at the prestigious Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island. But it didn't turn romantic until some 17 years later, after a chance meeting at the Aspen Airport. Jennifer put it this way in her blog. I was home, back in New York, and an email came to me. He wanted to get together. What did she like about him? Eventually love about him? Well, you know, he was a really, a very charismatic and charming person. He was very handsome. He was smart and funny. And an ambitious real estate developer and builder of luxury homes. Hi. I'm Fortis Dulos, and I'm the owner of Four Group. We're custom builders working primarily in the Hartford and Fairfield counties. Fortis and Jennifer married in 2004 and settled in Farmington, Connecticut, an upscale enclave outside Hartford, where old money mingled with new. Fortis's sister, Raina Dulos Hirami. The couple was very, very happy. And in two years, they had their first set of twins. Another two years, they had the second set of twins. And another two years, they had a little daughter. They moved into one of Fotis's magnificent homes at Four Jefferson Crossing and raised their children with all the advantages that money affords, 
with an emphasis on sports, especially water skiing, Botus's passion. They would compete internationally, uh, you know, even as you know, six or seven-year-olds. So they were incredibly good. But that was also because they trained incredibly hard. Jennifer believed Fotis was pushing them too hard and later said her kids' mental and physical health was suffering because of Fotis's obsession with training. She often served as a buffer or a shield. And that led to fights, says Carrie. Did he have a temper? He could be volatile, yes. Even with the kids? Sure. Life behind the grand brick facade grew ever more distant and unhappy. The couple who seemed to have it all, looks, money, children, were living all but separate lives. Was she lonely? I'm sure. For all of us who were outside of the romance, we knew that they were two incompatible characters. By 2016, Fotis was away as many as 10 days a month, often chasing the latest water skiing competition. And one of his travels to Miami in the ski club with his children, he met Michelle. Michelle Traconis was Fotis's type. She rode horses. She reported for ESPN in South America on snow skiing, and even more to Fotis' liking, she was a competitive water skier. Soon after meeting in Miami, Fotis and the Venezuelan-raised single mother began an affair. And it was serious. He was very much in love. And not very good at hiding it from his wife, says Carrie. In March of 2017, Jennifer confronted Fotis, and he confessed. Was that an event that she just realized, okay, there's no going back. I think learning about the infidelity was horrible. Um, you know, that that was a deal breaker for her. Jennifer moved her kids into a rented home about an hour and a half away in New Canaan, Connecticut, and filed for divorce. Michelle and her young daughter moved into Fotis's Jefferson Crossing house in Farmington. She said she had met a charming guy, that he was very family-oriented like us, that she he was into sports like her, and they had many similarities, and she, she really liked him. It would be the biggest mistake of Michelle Traconis's life. Where is she? Where is she? This has, it shattered our life because my sister is not the person that they're saying, and she would never be capable of anything they've said that she has done. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Don't wait. 
Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're a fan of 48 hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Jennifer Dulos vanished May 24th, leaving behind five... As the search for Jennifer dragged on, Carrie Luft tried to hold on to hope, but she knew in her bones as early as the day Jennifer disappeared, it was hopeless. I had a, a horrible foreboding sense that she was not alive. The new Canaan police officers also had a bad feeling as they searched Jennifer's house the night she went missing. When they go to the house, they go in the garage, they notice blood-like substance, blood spatter throughout the garage. Sergeant Ventresca and Detective John Kimball of the state's major crime squad were summoned to the scene. In addition to blood evidence in the garages, uh, there was evidence that someone had attempted to clean up blood. There would appear to be swirl marks on the sides of the vehicles. All the markings of an unhappy ending, says Sergeant Ventresca. A serious violent assault occurred in that garage. I mean, there's definitely some sort of uh, foul play involved. The scene in the garage was all that Richard Colangelo, now Connecticut's chief state's attorney, needed. He immediately took on the case. Initially, when it started, it was a whodunit. But someone soon went to the top of the list. At the time of her disappearance, Jennifer was embroiled in a bitter divorce and custody battle with her estranged husband, Fotis Dulos. According to divorce documents, she was terrified of him. I'm afraid that my husband will harm our children to punish me. He is dangerous and ruthless when he believes that he has been wronged. He must always win at all costs. I don't think Fotis liked to lose in any aspect of his life, and I don't think that he liked to be losing in court at the hands of his wife. He had spent thousands of dollars in lawyers' fees and court costs. His business was floundering, and worse, he lost shared physical custody of his children after going against court orders regarding his girlfriend, Michelle Traconis. What did he do or didn't do? He didn't comply with the court order that Michelle not be part of the children's lives. Fotis didn't even pretend to hide his feelings toward Jennifer when he agreed to go to the New Canaan police station the day after Jennifer disappeared. Did he agree to sit down and talk? No. He'd brought his civil attorney with him. And his lawyer was already on the phone with a criminal defense attorney um, at the time in the parking lot. What does that say to you? To me, it was alarming because 
that the mother of your five children are missing and you're worried about is calling attorneys? Before he left, Fotis inadvertently gave the detective something more important than an interview. The detective that was there said, is that your phone? Yeah, can I see it? He gave it to him. He asked him for the password. He told him the password. Fotis demanded his phone back, but the detective refused. Investigators got a search warrant and were able to retrieve the data. And then from there, we were off and running. Investigators tracked Fotis's cell phone to Albany Avenue in Hartford around 7 p.m. the evening of May 24th, roughly the same time Jennifer was reported missing. They then contacted the Hartford police, who downloaded a treasure trove of videos that had been captured on security cameras. New Canaan police officer Thomas Patton couldn't believe his eyes. What are you seeing? Well, as he was driving around, he would be, he was depositing black garbage bags in various receptacles. Obviously, it was intent on spreading out the garbage bags. And is he alone? No, in, in one of those pictures, you can see a female that's leaning outside of the passenger side of the truck. Turns out that the female reaching for the sidewalk was Michelle Traconis. My first thought was, what are they doing? Why are they dumping trash in Hartford? They would soon find out. A team of detectives was dispatched to go digging through the trash. Some of the things retrieved from the Albany Avenue garbage were um, used zip ties with uh, human blood and DNA of Jennifer Dulos on them, um, female undergarments, a vineyard vine shirt in the size that Jennifer wore. There were two ponchos which contained copious amounts of blood and the DNA of Jennifer Dulos. It's not every day someone throws up bloody evidence, bloody clothes, you know, cut up. I mean, who does that? We shifted gears and we, we turned this into the homicide investigation. On June 1st, eight days after Jennifer vanished, both Fotis Dulos and Michelle Traconis were arrested, not for murder, but for tampering with or fabricating physical evidence and first degree hindering prosecution. We weren't fully convinced he did the murder yet, but we, he was involved in some way, shape or form. But they couldn't place him in New Canaan that morning. For one reason, says Sergeant Ventresca, the location of Fotis's phone. At the time that Jennifer Dulos disappeared from her house, her husband yep. was at home, yes. according to his phone. According to his phone, yes. And according to Michelle Draconis, she told police Fotis was with her that morning, Hartford Current reporter Dave Altamari. She told them that Fotis was in Farmington at the Jefferson Crossing home early in that morning that they woke up together and that they had sex and they had a shower. So her, in effect, she gave him a alibi. Both Fotis and Michelle were released, each on a $500,000 bond and ordered to wear ankle bracelets. They were also ordered not to communicate with one another. Michelle moved into her own apartment and Fotis stayed in his glittering mansion at Fort Jefferson Crossing. But neither would be able to escape the presumption of guilt. Fotis was tried and uh, convicted in the court of the public opinion. That is sure. What they have said about my sister, the media and the police, is not who my sister is. She had nothing to do with this. Do you think Michelle Traconis knew what was in those bags? 
See more of the evidence on Facebook at 48 Hours. Reina Dulos Kirami was at home in Greece when she learned about her brother's arrest. I thought that this will be an issue of one or two days and the police will understand that they are making a mistake. She was wrong. He quickly became the prime suspect in a multi-agency murder investigation. Fotis was the easy solution for the police. Fotis, what happened to Jennifer? And an easy target for the press, says Reina. Why was your DNA in her Canaan home? The cameras was following him when he was joking, when he was going to the grocery store. People are innocent until proven guilty. They never gave this uh, opportunity to Fortis. Never. After the arrest, Reina, Fotis's only sibling, flew from Athens to stand by her brother's side. What have we done to the life of an innocent person? I know that it is impossible for him to do such a thing. It is impossible. It is a big no. In December 2019, Fotis's attorney allowed 48 hours into Fotis's home. He was under a gag order and refused to answer any questions. And we were witnesses to an almost surreal scene of a man suspected of a monstrous crime relaxing with his family. His nieces, Angelica and Clelia, had just arrived from Europe. It was very important for us to be here with him during this Christmas because it's a tough Christmas. Trying to support him and be there for him to keep his spirits up. Fotis was banned by the court from seeing his own children. It's very, very hard. These kids are his heart and his soul. Every day he wakes up and it's just, you see it in his face. They tried to cheer him up by doing all of their favorite things. Playing board games and cooking and talking and we've always been close. We've always been spending the holidays together, so. They knew it could be their last Christmas altogether. Fotis's attorney had told him to expect murder charges after the new year. We will be here to stand by by his side, uh, whatever it comes. Like Reina, Michelle Draconis's family couldn't believe it was happening. Her sister Claudia. My mom called us and told us Michi has been arrested. And I remember dropping to the floor and saying, why? Why? What happened? It's been devastating. And just like Reina, they refused to even think about the possibility that Michelle could have been involved in Jennifer's disappearance. What makes you believe that your sister had absolutely nothing to do with this? How we were brought up, our principles, just that she's never been a violent person. She's never been revengeful. You know, she's a mother herself. She wouldn't harm anybody or anyone. We met Michelle's father, cardiac surgeon Carlos Traconis, and sisters, Daniela and Claudia, in Farmington. They're speaking out for the first time. 
she's not the person that they've portrayed and they've accused her of. They've said that, you know, she's a whore, that, um, you know, she entered this, that she should rot in jail. They say the public image of Michelle as a homewrecker is simply not true. And what did Votis tell Michelle about his marriage? That it was the same, that he was separated, that they each had their separate lives, and that they were going through an amicable divorce because they had the five children. Fotis Doulos lied to Michelle. It appears that he did on more than one occasion, which, in my view, casts suspicion on him. Michelle, who accompanied her family to our interview, refused to answer questions, but her attorney, John Schoenhorn, did. He claims Fotis deceived Michelle with lie after lie, and that included the trip to Albany Avenue in Hartford. And you're saying she had no idea what was in those bags that Fotis was getting rid of? She not only did not know what was in those bags, she had no idea what he was actually doing. He had invited her to go out to Starbucks, but he claimed he had to just take care of a few items. Practically the entire time he's driving in Hartford, she's on either WhatsApp, texting, or making phone calls during that whole time. He says she was chatting with friends and family. What is she doing there? She told the police that she had, was chewing gum and she had gotten it on her fingers and she tried to fling it out the window. It wouldn't come off, so she wiped her hand on the sidewalk. Schoenhorn recently released excerpts from interrogation videos hoping to prove his point, that Michelle was cooperative, even helpful, and repeatedly denied any involvement in Jennifer's disappearance. We think you have information. I'm going home, Jim, but I can want the whole world to be with you. You can do whatever you want, but I didn't do it. You don't have... I have no idea what happened to Jennifer. I have no idea where Jennifer is. But detectives believed she knew more than she was saying. So if you know stuff that you're not telling us, no, that's the man you're protecting, because that's the sick I'm not protecting him. I'm not protecting him. But the more she talked, the more suspicious they became. Remember, Michelle told the police in her first interview that Fotis was with her the morning Jennifer disappeared, that they had a shower and were intimate. By the third interview, she was telling a different story. Reporter Dave Altamari. And every time they would push her, she changed her story. Um, and then by the third time, she basically told them that it was a lie, that he was not uh, in the house on that morning, as she had initially told them. She also acknowledged that photos had left his phone behind. The phone being in Farmington was clearly part of the alibi. At least that's the state police's belief that's a, that he left the phone there so no one would know where he was. After eight months of investigation on January 7, 2020, the police arrested Michelle for conspiracy to commit murder. It's been devastating because we know my sister is innocent. Sometimes women do ridiculous things for not love. Not my sister. That's not Michelle. Other women, but not Michelle my sister. Michelle will never harm anybody, anyway. But my would sister. she possibly cover up for no, a man she, she loved? she would never put herself in harm, waste not even herself or her daughter, no. She's not capable of doing life, that. so she wouldn't. The police came for photos the same day. Reina was there. It was like a movie. 
they went out of the cars with the weapons like they were going to arrest Al Capone. It was a terrible moments. It was terrible moments. Believe me. Investigators believe they have the killer, but they still don't have the victim, Jennifer Dulos. And Fotis's attorney, Norm Pattis, says that raises questions whether there was a murder at all. We defy the state to prove that she is, in fact, dead. See more of the police interrogation at 48hours.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Here is our message to the state of Connecticut. Mr. Dulos is not guilty. We are ready for the court. There's the courthouse. If you want to try the case, bring it on. Okay. Norm Pattis likes to stir things up. And he did a good job of it for his client, Fotis Dulos. There is no body that we're aware of. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. He aimed straight for the state's weak spot. No body, no murder. We take the position there's insufficient evidence to conclude that she's even dead. Pattis launched a public campaign to cast Fotis as a loving father unfairly deprived of seeing his children. I love my children. I think about them all the time. I miss them very much. And Jennifer as the villain. We are actively contemplating a revenge suicide hypothesis as an explanation for her disappearance. Another defense theory, Gone Girl. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. Pattis suggested that just like in the thriller and hit movie, Jennifer disappeared to frame her husband for murder. When attorney Pattis raised it and talked about it, I, I begged him to do it in front of a jury. You could drive a bus through all the holes in that theory or that, that, that argument. Even so, Chief State's Attorney Richard Colangelo knew that proving murder without a body was not going to be easy. We tried to leverage everything we could and we didn't leave any stone unturned. Bit by bit, attorney Colangelo says they built a case of premeditated murder and cover-up. A story they laid out in detailed arrest warrants. It starts in the pre-dawn hours of May 24th with this old red Tacoma truck, not Fotis's truck, but a truck that belonged to one of his workers. Investigators believe Fotis took the Tacoma without permission 
and left the 80 Mountain Spring Road property, one of the homes owned by his company, around 5.35 a.m. He then drove it 70 miles south to New Canaan. We crunched about 12 hours of video surveillance on the Merritt Parkway, where we eventually located a red Toyota Tacoma pickup truck matching the workers' Toyota Tacoma driving southbound. At 7.57 a.m., the Tacoma, pictured here in a screen grab from the arrest warrant, was spotted again by a passing school bus, this time in New Canaan. The Tacoma was parked on a country road near Waveney Park. This is where he had parked it. Investigators believe Fotis had brought a bicycle with him and biked the last three miles to Jennifer's house. He came over in the back road over there. He waited for her to drop the kids off at school. She came home in the morning. She enters the garage. That's where the uh, violent assault occurred in the house. Fotis left behind two pieces of evidence critical to the investigation, says the sergeant. His DNA on the doorknob of the mudroom and a mixture of his and Jennifer's DNA on a faucet inside Jennifer's house. Fotis Dulos' DNA being in the house is highly suspicious in nature. It shouldn't be in the house. Sergeant Ken Ventresca believes Fotis spent about two hours cleaning up, then put Jennifer's dead or unconscious body in the back of her Suburban and drove it away. And then her vehicle was left about three and a half miles away down on Lapham Road near Waveney Park. Just 100 feet from where police say he had parked the Tacoma. There's storm drains down here. Investigators could not account for the next 40 minutes. We searched all, all this whole area. It's possible Fotis used that time to get rid of Jennifer's body, but they think it's more likely that he was transferring incriminating materials from the Suburban to the Tacoma. If he had things to move, like a lot of bloody clothing, he had to do so carefully, and he had to wait for breaks in traffic. Could have taken 40 minutes. We believe the body of Jennifer Dulos was transferred to the Tacoma and taken north. What happened to Jennifer after that, they don't know. What they do know is that the Tacoma returned to 80 Mountain Spring Road at 12.22 p.m. Michelle told the police that Fotis met her for lunch around 1 o'clock. Michelle's attorney, John Schoenhorn. I have seen no evidence that Michelle knew anything about what Fotis Dulles had done during the day other than the time that they had lunch together. After lunch, according to Michelle, they spent much of the afternoon at the 80 Mountain Spring property cleaning. She claims Fotis was getting the house ready to show to a client. So what do you think was happening that afternoon at 80 Mountain Spring? I think that the, the evidence that was found in Hartford was being bagged up to be discarded in those trash cans later that evening. Five days later, Fotis and Michelle took the Tacoma to the car wash and detail shop. For a 20-year-old Toyota work truck, it was immaculate. You can eat off the floorboards in this truck. That's how clean it was by the time we got it. But Fotis made one major miscalculation, says Richard Colangelo. What did you learn from the employee who actually owned that Tacoma. That Mr. Dulos wanted him to change out the seats and get rid of them. But he kept them in his garage, and when we went to execute the search warrant, he said, hey, do you want the seats? So he gave us consent to take them, and we took them. 
On the passenger seat, there was a blood-like stain on the fabric of the seat, which was cut out, tested at the lab, and it came back to Jennifer Dulos's DNA, blood. And that was paramount for this investigation. There was still a lot missing. Investigators never found a murder weapon and couldn't even positively identify Fotis as the driver of the Tacoma in the surveillance footage. But they believed they had enough circumstantial evidence to prove Fotis killed his wife. But the case would never go to court. I could never imagine this. He had such a tragic end. On a cold winter day, three weeks after his arrest for murder and kidnapping, Fotis Doulos was ordered to court for an emergency hearing on whether to revoke his bond. He never made it. I called him and called him and called him. When Fotis failed to show up, one of his attorneys, Kevin Smith, alerted authorities. Emergency responders rushed to his home. They found him locked in the garage, in the front seat of his Suburban, surrounded with pictures of his five children, almost dead from carbon monoxide poisoning. EMTs shielded his motionless body as they frantically worked to get a heartbeat. I can tell you they are still administering CPR. And then they found a faint pulse. He was still alive. Fotis was airlifted to Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx. He is in critical condition after a suicide attempt at his home. Fotis' sister Reina was on the next transatlantic flight out of Greece. We had to be there because we had hopes that maybe he can come back and he can breathe by himself. But it was not to be. I could never imagine this, what happened. Two days after attempting suicide, Fotis was taken off life support. Fotis Doulis was declared dead tonight at 5.32. That evening, 48 Hours drove with Norm Pattis to Fotis' Jefferson Crossing home in Farmington. I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm determined, I'm sad. Pattis met Kevin Smith at the house. Together, they secured the home and reflected on the day's events. You know, Mr. Dulos was tried and convicted in the court of public opinion, and ultimately, in our view, executed in that court. Fotis went to his grave professing his innocence. In his suicide note, he wrote, I refuse to spend even an hour more in jail for something I had nothing to do with. As you sit here right now, do you believe that Fotis Dulos killed his wife, Jennifer. Yes. To me, the suicide of Fotis Doulos was, in essence, a admission of guilt and his, his involvement in his wife's murder. Detective John Kimball believes Fotis knew it was over. He knew he was likely going to jail after the bond hearing and might never get out. And the man who hated to lose was not about to live with a murder conviction. Because Fotis committed suicide before he went to trial, he will never be convicted of his wife's murder. 
It's frustrating that he didn't see justice. But Reyna says she will never stop fighting to clear her brother's name. He didn't have any trial. So they cannot call him a murderer without a trial. Even with Fotis dead, the state of Connecticut is moving forward. Where does that leave Michelle Draconis? Well, um, I think the right expression here is she's left holding the bag. I'm not protecting him. I'm not protecting him. But they've spent millions of dollars of taxpayer money. So here they are. they got to show something for their effort at this point. Michelle Draconis isn't the only one facing trial. Fotis's friend and sometime lawyer, Kent Maweni, is also charged with conspiracy. He was at Fotis's house the morning Jennifer went missing, and police say he was frequently vague or evasive and otherwise suspicious to investigators. But after spending nine months in jail, he's free on a reduced bail. He has turned state's witness. And according to Michelle's attorney, John Schoenhorn, he is now implicating Michelle to save himself. In a statement to 48 Hours, Schoenhorn wrote, these new accusations directly contradict what he told investigators in 2019. And I look forward to the chance to cross-examine him. Kent Maweni's attorney told us he couldn't comment on an ongoing criminal case. Both Michelle Traconis and Kent Maweni have pleaded not guilty. If either one of them came up with information that led to finding Jennifer, would there be a deal for them? Um, believe it or not, I'm a very open-minded person, so I'm not going to close the door on anything. I will take that as a yes. That's how much you would like to know where Jennifer is. Absolutely. Not a day goes by that Sergeant Kenneth Antresca doesn't think about Jennifer Dulos. I'm confident we are going to find her body, and we're not going to stop. And now you think about the kids, and then now the five children don't have a mom or a dad. Like, they all embody Jennifer in so many ways. And she just did such a great job of instilling them with love and delight. Jennifer left a legacy in words. A parting gift to the five children she adored. Breathe. Be alive. Slow down. Enjoy life. Do less, but live more fully. Healthy, calm, joyful, and at peace. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. 
and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. A California lawyer murdered. This looked like a targeted assassination. This guy dressed as a delivery man. Across the country, a matching deadly attack at a judge's home. Who would want to hurt the judge? Were the crimes connected? 48 Hours, Saturday at 10, 9 Central on CBS. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.